Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. We're currently a Scooby-Doo club. We're the same club, we're the same monster, just putting on different masks. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Luca Milovoyevlevayevich podcast. A light-hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Moneypenny and my very, 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 very friend, Bradley Adams. Hello, mate. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on this on this podcast, uh-huh. and I hope I haven't. Otherwise, uh, this is going to be very uh, cuttable content um have you saved this when me and brad just had a five minute conversation have you saved this for the podcast oh, sorry i'm eating a pair yeah have you I saved, have this, fully for saved this for the podcast oh, okay cool. um so i i found out well was reminded and remembered recently uh, i was actually going to be called brandon so here's to brandon autumns really yeah i was going to be called cameron Oh, no. Maybe we should redo the intro as our alter egos that we would have been had we been called Cameron and Brandon. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Luca Milovoyevich podcast with Cameron Moneypenny and my very good friend, Brandon Adams. Yeah, it doesn't sound no, right. That's horrendous. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. Brandon Adams. Bit of a, bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Brandon. No, 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 no. Brandon. Uh, hey, here's, here's one, Bradley. Uh, did you ever think you'd be saying the words "thank fuck" for Alex Lacazette? <laughs> I mean, we said it. We've said it before. We said it at the two-two uh, draw against Southampton back in the United days that saved his job for a couple more weeks. Um, I'm not sure we said "thank fuck." I think I think we said "fuck sake." I mean, he scored two goals because we wanted him out. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, Alex, did you ever think you'd be hearing the stat that out of the last 23 home games, we've only won eight? Yeah, we've also, hang on, I've got, I've got, it's just one of, we've just both picked out all the shit stats and we're just going to read them to each other. Mm-hmm. Arsenal have scored just 24 goals in their last 20 Premier League games at the Emirates Stadium. And when you consider that we scored three against Spurs, oh, uh, it's not, it's not great. It's not that's, great. That's really bad. Welcome back to the Different Not Podcast. We appreciate you being here. We are back, baby. We're talking about football. Uh, it's exciting. It's a Tuesday morning. Yeah. It was it was a stuttering start, let's say that. Arsenal 2, uh, Crystal Palace 2 at the Emirates. Late goal from Alex Lacazette to save Rescue our bacon slash uh, sort of save our blushes, depending on which B word you want to use. Uh, yeah, look, um, it was... Save our it was, from probably a bit more criticism. Yeah. From I, certain I, I, people. I think what I often find and what I mean by that is... People that I think it's become very popular in the modern game to be very much in one camp and very much, oh no, I'm Arteta in and that's the only opinion I have. So unless we lose this game, they will find any and every opportunity to defend their poster boy. And it's, it is the same with Arteta out. I, I hope for our listeners, we tend to find a middle ground. I think that's what we tend to do. We tend to be the middle and then almost the centre right or centre left of the opinions rather than being this horrendous. <laughs> I'm the alt-right, mate. <laughs> rather than this uh, like horrendously one-way view of like Arteta is the next messiah, no matter whether we get battered by Burnley or not. Um, yeah, yeah, he- it's... He will. He won't come under the amount of criticism that he really should from the people who have supported him so far. 
because yeah, it, it was bad. He deserves a lot of a lot of um, a lot of criticism, and, and I'll start off with my word of the day, and it's dimensions. And I hoped at the beginning of the game. I would be talking about new dimensions, talking about the new dimensions to the team, all of the amazing things that I think are happening in this team. Um, you know, if we're looking at, you know, Tommy Asu has added, added a completely different dimension on that right-hand side. Um, I think that actually the, the tactical setup was 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 decent in, in an area in, in terms of the setup was decent and the execution was less good. Um, I think, you know, uh, when he's on his day, parties at party can absolutely run that midfield. I think Erdegaard brings us such a great dynamic. Aubameyang started to add a bit more sort of a drop and getting the bounce pass to his game. Ben White and Gabrielle's distribution, Rams. The, there's, there's new dimensions to this team that are looking really, really good. But the problem is, is the dimension that matters the most is the manager. And I'm not sure right now that he's got us where he needs us and where he needs us to potentially save his, save his job. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the, th- the thing, the thing that I feel kind of overall is when Sambi came on, I had a little moment to myself and I was like, look, there's a load of kind of lo- lovely low socked technical players on this te- on this team. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a load of really sort of nice... What a way to put it. <laughs> no, you know, some really nice... But, but you know, it's quite cute. Yeah. It's quite cute. Thank you. Um, you know, like sort of really technical, really lovely, you know, young footballers, people who are really comfortable in various positions, you know, getting towards that sort of positional play style of thing. But ultimately... Your principles don't matter if you're losing the game. I saw someone say something like, "You own. You should only analyze performance." You what? You fucking what? The, it, it's a results-based game, so we have to analyze yeah. results. We have Absolutely. to include. We have to include results. That is how the league Absolutely, table is done. Of course, we get. And, 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 and I think, like you know, the sort of the uh, the Arteta out people get into these weird online communities where they think things don't matter. Look, it, it matters. The result matters. And ultimately, we'll get into it properly, but the new dimensions were there, but the old dimensions mm. are still there. And the old dimension that I think is the main problem is Arteta not managing the game properly during the game. His in-game management, and I hate kind of overall sweeping statements, but I will make one. I think his in-game management is poor because the problems were there, and we'll get into it, but the problems were there and he didn't change it soon enough. Yeah, I I think we also are in a bit of a habit with this manager and this current setup of praising basics after two years in charge. Talking about, oh, we're starting to see new dimensions and we're starting to see new patterns of play rather than the same old Arsenal and this and that. Like, it is baffling that he's been there two years and we're still having these conversations. By this point, with managers of a certain level, you are talking about them putting the finishing, like the finishing products into their systems. You're talking about them adding the final pieces and having a system that competes in the way that it is designed to compete relative to quality level. It, for me, is unacceptable that we're still talking in this way about this manager. And, and that's not a dig at you. That's not a dig at any, any fan that wants to talk about it in that way and praise those things because if we are seeing these things it is right to highlight them we should have just been seeing them a long time ago a long long time ago for me um i i don't i don't have a word of the game what i have is a phrase and it's same old arsenal band get off get off not the rules done <laughs> dusted out here you ute um yeah this this entire week I've been talking, uh, a friend of mine that I work with is an Arsenal fan, and we've been talking a lot about the club for some reason, because we've been working together a lot. Shout out, Liam. Um, And one thing I think I've realised is we are, we're currently a Scooby-Doo club in the sense that we're the same club, we're the same monster, just putting on different masks and different faces, and we've got different people running the show. Um, with Emery, we had much more attacking play, if you could call it that, but we were just absolutely open in the midfield and at the back. With Arteta, we're much more solid defensively, but we never create any clear-cut open chances. The only chances that we create are either from moments of brilliance from players, you know, both of our goals coming from a £72 million Nicola Pepe, 
People want to give him stick. He is the reason we scored two goals last night. You cannot expect your wingers to pick up the ball 50 yards from the goal and be able to do something sensational every single time they get it. That is a flaw within the system that has been there for a long, long time that needs to change. Need And we need to... Why, why we aren't pressing, Lord fucking knows. We need to get pressing. We need to get winning the ball higher up the pitch. And the fact that our professionally paid manager cannot see that is embarrassing. Um, and we're the same old Arsenal in the way that we're run. You know, I said this on the instant reaction, and I think it is it is true. Ben White is the new Nicola Pepe in the sense of we have picked a target and we have overpaid for him when we didn't specifically need him. There would not have been that serious a drop-off if we'd have just played William Saliba. And you know what we would have had? £50 million to buy another midfielder or a striker that would have made this team tick and function better. If Granite Xhaka and the way that Granite Xhaka plays is so important to the way that your system runs, that's fine. But don't waste your money, don't waste a third of your budget on a centre-back that does the same things that you already have in a youth prospect and then not sign somebody in the same mould so that if Xhaka gets injured, you're fucked. And we would have gotten away with it if it weren't for that meddling Xhaka. Um, yeah, no, I, mate, I, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot to come back on in terms of of disagreeing with you. Something I want to put to you, something Tim. Also, wait, said. wait, wait. That's not a dig on Ben White. I do think he's a good player. I'm not saying that he's he's a bad player in any way. He's not I, listening. But, but as in, I don't want any listeners or any Arsenal fans to think that I'm being like, oh, Ben White, shit. He's not shit. But he is the worst deal of the transfer window, hundred percent. That is a huge claim. The worst, the worst, the worst deal. Not the worst player signed, but it's the worst deal of the transfer window. Spending fifty million pounds on a centre back when you already have a centre back, and then you cannot uh, replace the dross in your midfield, and you're left with two half functional strikers. Mm, it made I, I- no sense. I think that will be determined. I think I don't think it's a great deal. Let's be clear, but let's be. It'll be determined whether it's the worst deal. Um, and it's Benjamin. Thanks. Oh, Benjamin. Uh, so uh, Tim still said Benjamin. Bon. Um That could have been another one of our names. Uh, Tim said, "Just not sure Arsenal can climb any higher than eighth playing this football. They're trying to play the same way as the teams above them, who have better players and coaches. Arsenal are in a position where they have to try and punch above their weight, and you need to find an edge." The teams in the Premier League who do punch above their weight have a USP. They do something identifiably better than other teams around them. Arsenal just don't at the moment. Look, here's the thing, right? We What did we know going into last night? What information was available to us and what information was not available to us? The information that was available to us was that we have a young team, right? We knew that before going in last night. We knew we have an inconsistent team. We knew we had uh, one of our sort of uh, midfield stalwarts and an experienced player, whatever you think of him, missing. So we knew there's going to be a level of inconsistency to this team o- over the season and over the 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 um, the yeah over the campaign. It's the same word, just twice. But what we didn't know is how quickly we'd be overrun in the midfield. And there's only one thing we can change. So this kind of, this idea, and I, and I see it of, you know, I heard Jamie Carragher on, on Sky giving a bit of sort of, well, you know, the thing is you've got a young team and yet, yeah, no, I, 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 I take that and I understand that and I really appreciate that. And that is a problem. And that explains for me the levels of um, sort of fluctuation in terms of the basics of the game. I think we start to like lose a bit of concentration. We go through sort of phases in the game where we lose lose control of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. Explains to me why, you know, certain things happen. But it does not explain to me why Arteta didn't move to change it sooner. And what can you change? What can you control? You can control the players on the pitch. You can control their positions. You can control where they are. You can't control them being young and inexperienced and making mistakes. That's the project we've gone for. And to some extent, that's the project we have to go for. And in terms of the USP thing that Tim Stillman talked about, you know, you look at Leicester. They've got a Vardy who can bail them out. If you look at Aston Villa, they had Grealish last year. If you look at you know other teams who potentially have been sort of punching above their weight, if you want to use that in the last couple of years, they've got people who you look at Sheffield in, United. Sheffield you know, United is yeah. the perfect is the perfect example of a USP. They had fl- like a what a marauding centre backs. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
unbelievable. And, and, and you're you're so right to say that because it's not only individual; it's it's, it's a system thing. Arsenal are trying to play like Man City, like um, uh, Liverpool without with a couple, Pep Guardiola and with a couple of quality tweaks. of players. Yeah, and 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 look, you know, I think in the end, I'm not a football coach, so I don't know. Maybe positional play is the best way to go, but ultimately fuck that guy who said performance is the only thing that matters results are what matters like results are what matters performances are just an indication of where things are going i'm not saying that performances don't matter i'm just saying you can't like how can you discount results in i'm so annoyed at that guy but i'm uh, how you can't get into that mentality of you know and, and and look you know if we came out last night and it was a 2-2 or even a 2-1 and we we absolutely ripped them to shreds I think we both be sat here saying, "Look, it's not good. the results not good enough, but at least we're seeing a performance. At least we're seeing stuff moving in the right direction." I just think seeing that level of performance and then justifying it by saying it's a young team is like, "Well, we knew that before we went in last night. So why are we trying to play like that? We know we know that before every game. Like, what, mm-hmm. like it's not like it's not a surprise." Imagine Arteta just gets on the foot. Oh, I've lost all my twenty-eight-year-olds. Are you guys all 20 and 21? Fucking hell, I had no idea. Like, it's not a surprise. I don't, what is this weird, like, I think excuse? It, it is, both, both, both are equally as important. And like you say, if we torn them to shred last, tre- shreds last night and Lacazette doesn't score that last minute equalise, um, we are having a very different conversation this morning of, okay, the result isn't good enough, but at least we can see the way we're going, Right. I think the issue is, is we've stopped getting results because we're coming up against teams that have actually been coached and we can't, we, we can't see the way forward. Like I can't, I genuinely can't see the way forward with this team. We scored one goal from an, um, from an, it's a great save by Gator and he's so unlucky that Abamyang's for some reason decided to switch it on last night and be in the right place to to concede that goal and then again a goal mouth scramble and I said in the instant reaction you 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 came back and said you know well it's the it's the game plan that's changed but it felt like we played better more attacking football when we ignored the game plan that was set out in the first place felt like we played more free football we allowed people to be expressive and we were more successful with the ball when we ignored the entire plan and when we, oh, okay, maybe we, I can phrase it as when we changed from the entire main plan, we seemed to play better football. Um, I'd accept it at we moved away from our principles and we looked better, yeah. Yeah, and that's shocking that we're moving away from our main principles and we look like a better team. Like, that's I mean, bad. There's a game state part of it, but I, 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 yeah, I do see that. Um, um, you go, you go. Well, Brad, um, it's all fine. And don't worry, because we have a new tunnel and new changing room. We do. Room. It looks good. Uh, it it actually looks good. Genuinely, I know this is... this is people are gonna laugh a tangent. Me. People are going to laugh at me for this. And it is a soft factor, and fuck all of you. But I think it makes a big difference. I, for me personally, if I was there, and I'm not, because I'm doing this podcast, and I'm not, I'm not playing for Arsenal, sorry to shock you. Um, but I... I I I think it makes a big difference because I've always thought that sort of area looks a bit childish. I've done the Emirates Stadium tour a couple of times um, and it looks a little bit, I don't know, just a little bit sort of League Two. And I think it looks really cool and looks really sleek and there's a kind of high-level performance. When you're in a high-level environment, i.e. a very like sort of modern, sleek, kind of high-level environment, I'm sure there's some sports psychologists will tell you way more interesting stuff than me about that, but I- I'm sure it rubs off on the players. Um, I basically just really like it, Brad. So listen, you've got to look for hey, positives. So do you got, I. Got to look for positives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, it's a, it's a change and it's, it's a level up. And I've always thought about, you know, like places like Anfield. I think we lost that, especially when we, when we went to, when we moved to the Emirates, we, it lost any sense of intimidation. You know, the Highbury was a really intimidating place to come. And I think Anfield is, and I think it's because it's an older stadium, but um and it seems like more cramped in those spaces mm. Mm. but you're, you're, it's it's it looks better and like it's soft factor stuff but if it looks better i like it do you know what i mean and if i yep. like it that changes my perception yep 
Um, can I can I do can I tell you what I liked about the setup? And this none of this negates anything we just said. But I, I do want to I do want to comment on the setup, right? Yeah. So just before that, we said about you know having a young team. One of the mistakes leading to a goal was from our kind of seasoned professionals. So it wasn't just the youth that went wrong last night. That is a massive indication that what we're doing is not working. It's not that we're just a, a youthful, inexperienced team. The yeah, experience this- in the team cannot cope with the systems that are being put in play. Thomas Partey yeah. might have had the game, the best game by any midfielder in the last 15 years and been able to beat the press of four men every time last night. But you cannot expect that every single game of football. Yeah, he is systemically he was asked to do too many duels, and it, and it should have been sorted out way sooner. So there was a tweak to the system last night that I really liked. So we actually sat in four three three in the defensive phase, and we sat um, in our usual it was kind of a four two three one or whatever you want to call it in 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 build up of four three three at the beginning. Um, the so Pepe. Uh, I am annoyed that Saka has to compromise for this, but I think there's potentially some some legs in this. Uh, where Pepe basically, so uh, Tomiyasu goes on the underlap, Pepe's on the outside, and he, he get, obviously gets the bounce pass for the goal. But there was also some nice stuff happening before and after that. Um, and then also in the defensive phase, Smith Rowe sits further forward, so Smith Rowe receives the ball because Smith Rowe is much better at receiving. Hopefully, Pepe can, can get inside him, get beyond him. He's a better runner. So I thought that was a nice kind of tweak to the system because Pepe often has been on that right-hand side and has to, has had to receive things or has had no one near him in terms of the distances and has been isolated. So I think that was a, that was a good switch from Arteta. It had to change and therefore I think we 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 didn't see the the fruits of that, but I think we have to give credit where it's due. I like that as a tactical setup. Um I also Erdegaard as a second holding midfielder, I think could work but the problem is is it kind of it definitely and is, didn't <laughs> and this is where it started to fall down as in like in the first in the first kind of phases i think he was picking up really nicely between the lines and when we have the ball it's great because he creates overloads he's he can drop he can sort of run that i sort of almost see him in like a like a landing strip like up and down between the boxes on that left hand side uh so i'm uh well yeah he was on the left yesterday um and yeah, like I, I think there there is some value in that, but yeah, I mean that is kind of where the the the, the setup starts to fall down for me because there is some value in what he, what we tried to do, and I think it was if we'd had and controlled the ball, I think we would have seen a very dominating display. And this is another problem of positional play: if you don't have the ball, you can't carry out your game plan. And like I think defensively, when we when we're asked to do different things, when we're when we're put in different game states, we start to fall apart a bit. I see in that sort of if you post the goal and like just before it, there's like a really nice long bit of um, uh, build up phase, and I ha- had to uh, I watched the bit of the game on my phone, came home and restarted it because I um I was at work. Uh, I then watched all of the build up to the goal because I knew it was coming, and there's a lovely, lovely long bit of build up phase. Um, where we're controlling the ball. When we have the ball, the players look great. There's lovely interchanging in position. There's lovely dropping. Aubameyang dropping off the front to receive the ball, hit the bounce pass and come off. It's really nice. Spurs do it actually quite well. Um, and we, we we seem to do it too. But the problem is, is when that falls apart, we look clueless. Do you know what I mean? Like when, when or when the goal goes in or when Benteke, when Benteke wins one aerial duel, we immediately look suspect and look like we have no confidence in what we're actually doing. So we can do, we can, we, it can look lovely for 10 minutes, but anyone can pull it off for 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the point is we have to, we have to get through it through the game. And I want to talk, um, can I, can I go on one of your, point, your, go on, yeah, your points? Go on, yeah, go on. Um, I think the Pepe thing is is really interesting. But the one thing that I think that we have to start doing to be successful as a club is stop... Stop moving... Losing games. Our, well, yes. But stop moving our star quality players to accommodate certain people. Pepe's position from now on should be left wing, striker or the bench. Saka, or unless Saka is unavailable to play. Saka, whenever available to play, needs to be on that right wing. There's a reason that he's played eight matches there for England and has won man of the match in four of those games. 
Like he is a right winger and we need to stop. And I'm not saying he's of the level of Messi, but you don't move <laughs> Messi to accommodate someone else. And it's the same, it's the same kind of argument relative to quality. You don't move your best player to accommodate someone who isn't as good as them in that position. Move him to the... And listen, it might be savage. I think we should sell him in January or we should sell him in the summer and get rid of him and focus on either putting Smith Rowe on the left or putting Martinelli on the left and putting Saka on the right. Because at the end of the day, if Pepe is going to be ineffectual on the left, which is where he just should be playing from now on, then he needs to be moved on. Saka is a right winger. We will win more games with Saka at right wing. He is almost ineffectual on that left-hand side at points. We need you you like one of the one of the basics of football is putting your best players in their best positions. And one of the things that we didn't do for a long time when we bought Abamyang and we had Abamyang and Lacazette and Meza Ozil is just put those players in their best positions. We should have benched Lacazette, put Abamyang through the middle and put Ozil behind. And instead we went with a weird hybrid 4-3-3 where we were putting Ozil on the right wing, dropping into the hole and you had the two strikers, but one of them couldn't run. And what we are seeing is the same logic again. And it it doesn't work moving forward. Um, and then kind of, Moving on to to Erdegaard in the hole, not in the hole, sorry, in that in that pocket on the on the left hand side, almost the Xhaka role. There were just so many points where he let Conor Gallagher just have so much space, and he it's it's I think again I, I use a lot of um, comparisons to different arguments to kind of make my point, but I think the perfect comparison to this is the whole oh why can't Trent play in midfield because he's used to playing at right back and can see the whole game in front of him. Erdegaard is used to playing so far up the pitch. He does not have the awareness to play the central midfield role. Mm. Doesn't, scan, it doesn't scan enough. And it means that we are caught out so much. Mm. And it leaves us so open um, that we we are really punished for it at points. I really like Gallagher. I think if Chelsea don't want him... I, I he's, he's all right. I don't think he's anything special. I think we made him look a hell of a lot better than he is. We were very, we we let him do a lot of what he did, you know, and it's a shame that someone's, uh, some poor bastard is going to pay Chelsea like 50 million quid for him and he's probably going to turn out to just be a slightly better Todd Cantwell. But. <laughs> well, him and Todd Cantwell could have hair walls. They both could. Some lovely, lovely long blonde hair. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I quite like I quite like Gallagher. I think he's he works hard. He's he's good technically. I think he could like cover for Smith Rowe and Erdegaard if we were continuing playing the system. But I'm I'm playing I'm playing football manager here a little bit. Um, yeah, and on the Saka thing, I completely agree with you. Like, I think he should just play on the right wing because he's the it's his best position and he's one of our best players. So just put him there. It's like putting a Bamiang at Cam. It's like why? Um, I also think. Because he has to, because he's more comfortable on his left foot, and he often, when he's knackered, which is a lot at the moment, and I and I'm concerned about his game time, um, he has to beat the player on the outside when he's tired. Whereas on the right hand side, he often just cuts inside and he has to cover less distance. And I think that's a big, mm. that's a big part of him being um, effectual. Um, yeah, as I say, uh, look, we were as there was there was some decent stuff, some decent dimensions, as I mentioned at the beginning. We were getting back to cover quite well. I thought their left side was being sort of slightly um, targeted. Ramsdale, he, he always plays um, balls out to Pepe for the aerial jewels. Um, it's interesting, um, but I thought like, is it was it Terek Mitchell and? Schlup on their left-hand side, something like that. No, uh, uh, Edward on the left. Edward, um, yeah, I thought his uh, thought they were. I thought that was going to be the place where we 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 got the goal, and we and we and we did. Um, and it was it was it was great from Aubameyang. Like, let's be clear, it was it was a great bit of um, uh, anticipation, anticipation, and um, he was the highest on the pitch. Do you get it? Because because he's got Travis Scott hair. So oh. it's the song highest in the room, and he was the best gags are the ones you have to explain. Um, what I like about I think Aubameyang, that's my fault because I don't think I've ever listened to any Travis Scott. That's right, Brad. It's probably my fault for being stupid. Um, I'm not stupid. I'm actually a vastly intelligent human. Being. Oh, thanks. Um, I, I do enjoy when Abamyang flips. It's like you know when like a dog wags its tail. It's like you know it's happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's a Bamiang's equivalent. He like it's like when he flips, you know he's you know he's in a good mood. <laughs> oh, God, it was it was nice to see. It. I'm not comparing Bamiang to a dog. He's 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 that's very he's funny. A lovely man. Um, yeah, but then to be honest, it just started to become. We just started to fall not fall apart. I think it's a bit. We bit did fall too apart. Much. We got absolutely bossed, mate. By the end, um, by certain phases, but but post the goal, I think we just lost a bit of control, as young teams do. But it's not the point. Um, there was a moment where Smith Rowe should have slid through Pepe. It probably would have been two nil, and we're having a completely different conversation. But he doesn't. And to be fair to Smith Rowe, uh, I would have shot. And also, Pepe's de- some of Pepe's decision making is woeful, <laughs> oh, yeah. woeful, like Awful. truly, truly bad. Um, and yeah, I the think thing is as well. With this whole young team argument, it feels like a very training wheels excuse. As in, at yeah. some point, we've got to let it let it off and let it either fall on its fucking face or not. Yeah, we've, yeah. Um, do you not think Erdegaard looks a bit like an emoji or a sim? <laughs> like, he looks like he's been, like, made. He's kind of, t- his face is kind of too symmetrical. Yeah, I can he see lo- that. He lo- looks a little bit like, I don't know. And also he's very he's- handsome. Very handsome. <laughs> what do you fancy him? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought part of their being allowed to grow was was obviously a lot of the. Have you got any stats on the jewels? Would you mind looking that up? Um, oh, how many jewels we won and lost? Because they won so many jewels in the midfield, it was fucking mental. Benteke. Okay, I'm, so uh, aerials won. Uh, we had eight. They had twenty. <sighs> Tackles won. We had seventeen. They had twenty-two. We were dispossessed 10 times. They were dispossessed four times. Uh, yeah. All, where else? Where else? Yeah. Let me that just... all tracks. And I'm not sure what the game plan was with Benteke. Because let's be clear, if Benteke was any good, we would be we would have been 2-1 down within about 20 minutes. I don't understand oh, God, why yeah. we're letting him turn. Like, And, and we've also got, Gab- got Gabriel on the pitch. And turn onto his stronger foot as well. Once in that goal, right? In that goal... This this is really what pissed me off. At the end of the day, sometimes those situations are going to happen. What you do not let the striker do is create distance and get onto his stronger foot. Why we allowed him, Why let him to, to let him separate onto, onto an angle with his stronger foot. Gabrielle needs to cover that distance. And there, there, there are moments on both of these goals that are just baffling. Gabrielle needs to cover the distance and force him to go on his left. And he doesn't do it. And funnily enough, it leads to a goal. And then the second goal, Ben White leaves his goalkeeper unsighted, is running away from making a challenge and then allows Edouard to create that little bit of separation to shoot on his stronger foot. And Ramsdale doesn't see it until it's too late. If you leave your keeper unsighted, they cannot do anything. Just defending. They literally can't do anything because they can't see the fucking ball. Brad Ramsdale can make mistakes, mate. (laughs) No, we can't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare blame this on Ramsdale. Don't you fucking dare. Um, Well, this is, and this is why I put, I put the goals a little bit on the manager because I'm like, was that an instruction? Because it looked like we were backing off. Because when Edouard had the ball for the second goal, when Benteke had the ball, there was another chance. I think it was a Gallica chance where we let him run for a bit. I, I, I'm not sure what the... Like, are we letting them have what shots? Like, like uh, ma- listen, and I'm, I'm, I don't know that. That is complete conjecture. So there you go. But I, I it felt as though we were allowing them to turn and have a shot. Like, I don't feel like that's a very good plan. Um, and yeah, I mean, their goal... Uh, so I uh, sorry. We sh- actually we should discuss. There's a was a Gallagher shot just before half time, which was a fucking great save from Ramsdale. Oh, what a save! We shouldn't. The thing is, those though in the in these sort of draw type games, um, the type of games where you draw. I'm not sure you've heard of them, um, but in draws, is that and losses, where you is that where you match scores with each other? It's where um, <laughs> me, <laughs> my partner suggested. Imagine, imagine you did like a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And over the season, you get a 50-50, you get an Ask the Audience, and you get, uh, what's the one, phone a friend. So over the season, at any point, you could phone a friend. So Arteta could phone Pep and say, what do I do? You do Probably you do Ask the Audience, where uh, what, you basically get to decide who wins the game. So the audience votes who, who wants to win the game, at home as well. Um, and then 
And then the 50-50, we were either saying you get two people from the crowd, like your wet dream, who battle it out and have a 1v1 battle, basically run to the center circle and see who scores. Or you are allowed to add two 50-year-old players to your team. You get you get twelve players and but they're both fifty and called Dave and they <laughs> Or just make them ex professionals that are just horrendously unfit. Isn't Vieira at fifty? I, I was saying um, we were actually saying as well, another one was um you could do the managers and I was like Vieira Viarteta, even though Vieira's like six, seven years older, it's still spanking. Six seven? He's much older than him, mate. He's probably ten years older than him. Nah. This is early different knock vibes, googling how old people are. Hang on. Vieira. I'll Google Arteta, you Google Vieira. Arteta's 39. Vieira's 45. Bang. Um, oh, perfect. The Saka... Vieira could do a job managing Arsenal, couldn't he? The Saka... I'm being facetious. Uh, he probably could, mate. Incident with... Was it MacArthur? Oh, yeah, it's a red card. Fuck off. It's a red... Like, I... I I, 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 I don't think it is a red card in, in probably the letter of the law of the game. I'm probably wrong, but call me soft. You soft. should not be. You should not be able to volley another player in the back of the legs with no attempt to play the ball. If you watch it, he's not looking at the ball. He's looking at Saka to to make contact. He's literally looking at Saka to volley him. He's not looking at the ball, and not be sent off for that. People get sent off for a light like touch in the face with a hand. What MacArthur did will do more damage to Saka than somebody flicking him in the face. Like, that should be as clear a red card as I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I mean, there should have been a Mike Dean had a poor had a poor game in terms of cards yesterday. There were, there were, th- there were two Disagree. other challenges other than that Saka one where MacArthur should have been sent off. There's a foul on Smith Rowe that's definitely a yellow card. And then there's another one. That, that again is definitely a yellow card and he should have gone. There were certain moments where I'm like, how are these, you know, Saka gets booked for his first challenge. And by the end of the game, Lacazette is saying to Dean, how the fuck has Conor Gallagher not been booked yet? He's made like two or three cynical fouls. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm defending Mike Dean. I thought we had a really good game. <laughs> I, th- I, thought- I genuinely think you might be the only Arsenal fan on the planet that believes so. I don't. I I had a few tweets off a couple of people saying that they because I put it. I put I, I put a tweet out saying I thought Mike Dean had a good game. Um, I thought he played some really good advantages. I thought it was really fair. I thought he let the game flow. I I, I thought he had a good game because normally Mike Dean makes it about himself. Anyway, <sighs> well maybe listen, maybe he had a good a good game for his standards. Listen, let's, let's put it that way. Different perspectives, different opinions, and that's what makes up the variety of life, Brad. So you know. Uh yeah I. I think on that, what was it, MacArthur? Yeah, they're all they all the set MacArthur, McCarthy. What is his name? Milivojevic. Brad always knows everyone's name. I'm just like Miller. Um, I think there's a there's a reverse angle that makes it look worse than it is, but it's definitely a card at least. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, it's a red card. It is a red card. It's got to mm. be a red card. I, I, as in, I, I, I don't think it say, for example, like he's not trying to play the ball. So say, for example, the ball isn't dropping there. That's a, that is dangerous foul play. It's dangerous he, foul play. I think from a different angle, it looks an like attempt he is. At the ball. It's, it's dangerous. No, but if you look at it from the back, you see the moment that he knows he's not going to win the ball. So he looks at Saka and still follows through. It is dangerous foul play disguised as an attempt to, and this is inverted commas, we're on a fucking listening platform, as an attempt to play the ball. Attempt it's, to play the ball. It's nothing else. It is. It is. Ab, it, is it, it should be a stonewall red card. If you walked up to a player in any other avenue of the pitch and just booted him in the back of the legs for the sake of it, you get sent off. Ah, such a straw man argument, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a straw man argument. It is a fact. No, but I, th- I think he's going for the ball anyway. Um, I mean, he's uh, not, but fine. He's literally not. No, but you can say, uh, well, okay, go, go watch he an just angle. just isn't. That, Brad, go watch an angle that isn't the reverse angle because that makes it look really bad. I think on the, on, the, on the initial cameras, 
I think it looks like he's going for the ball, but listen, we agree to disagree, eh? Um, hey, party had a good shot. Did he? Arsenal have scored just one goal from outside the box in open play in their last, have a guess, Premier League matches. 45. Ooh, 48. Uh, 48 goals uh, 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 48 games and on party uh, it was just becoming more and more and more and more apparent just before the break and just after the break that that lone DM was not working he was asked to complete so many duels so many take-ons so many progressive passes so many pressures he he can't do it all on his own and I think and again, it's like, oh, we missed Jacket. Well, we should have fucking replaced him then. Like, it's, 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 like, or I'm sign not, I'm, somebody in the same mould as him. I'm not going to make any excuses. Yeah. It just wasn't good enough. And he no. should not have been asked to, to play alone. The fact alone that idiots like me can see that and our professionally paid manager can't or is refusing to change it is very worrying. Hey, you're professionally paid. We've got some ad revenue recently, Brad. Um, oh, look, at, look at that. Thanks, viewers. <laughs> Listeners. Yeah, same shit, different day. Literally, completely different Literally, sense. completely different platform. Different, different sense. Uh, and then the goal, yeah, I think Benteke probably deserves it. Nicks it off party. Uh, slots, he's allowed to run and slots it away. Um, the Palace away support are fucking class, mate. Yeah, they are. So they class, are, so class. Um, uh, and that said, party responded well. Um, and I know by that point we'd already had Sambi um, on the pitch so we, it wasn't necessarily a lone pivot but it was kind of on the slant and he was still isolated I think Sambi look he's a young player he's got a lot of development to do but I, I think he's got a lot I think he's a lovely on the ball player I do and I think his defensive contributions in the tackle and in the in the one-on-ones are decent I just think Sambi has a lot to do positionally to get up to the standard, get up to the level, and to and to like I can't imagine a situation where I go, oh, Sambi was there, thank God. Like it's always it feels like he's always chasing, uh, chasing the game a little bit, but it it will come. Um, there was a lucky drop to Ayu, which is another great save from Ramsdale, uh, and you can hear his roars, you can hear him like cajoling. Um, is that a word? Capoling? No. What's the word when you G up a defence? You like... Um, cajoling? No. Um, uh, whatever. Um, is it cajoling? Uh, yeah, and, and he, you could you could hear that. And again, in a, in a loss or a draw, we often kind of forget those things, but he, he Ramsdale uh, had another, I think, really good game. Uh, Lacazette comes on to try and uh, sort of... Was it before or after the goal? Their, their second... Um, I thought Lacazette did really well. And look, Lacazette is so limited. He's so limited. But he's like a bollard, mate. And when you've got no shape, he's like he came a... came on before their goal. Yeah. Before their second. It, when you've got... Three minutes. When you've got no shape, he just gives you something to bounce off. And that was immediate, immediately apparent. Some good combinations with Aubameyang. He's just, and it, there was one point where he... Um, someone loses the ball and he just shields his body and gets it back. Like, he's a he's just a very physical center forward and look he, he's very very limited in terms of his 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 um aerial ability and his agility and his sprint speed etc etc but he is something and when and i think when you don't have that kind of structure in attack which it felt like we'd gone into this kind of like fluid airspace where time nor time nor matter existed like we just sort of had no structure at all i think like yeah. that, that was the right substitution so credit where it's due um yeah. and then the goal um no closing down, not clinical enough. Um, we just missed a chance at the other end. Lacazette just missed a chance, having just posed him. Um, should Ramsdale do better? Dare I say it? Can't see the ball. <laughs> he can't see the ball. He genuinely it's in the can't middle see of his the ball, goal, mate. Yeah, but he can't. You, like, here's the thing: when you can't see the ball, you have to position yourself, and it's guesswork. It's guesswork as to where he's going to go. Oh, Ramsdale. It's, I love you, it, I, do you know what? I it's seventy five percent Ben White's fault, and maybe maybe Ramsdale should do a little better. <gasps> but you cannot. It, it's it, it is mainly Ben White. If you are going to keep your keeper unsighted, you have to make the block because it's a fifty fifty as to whether your keeper can guess where that striker is going to shoot. Ramsdale, who made makes the sensational save from that Gallagher volley isn't just going to let it trickle in through the centre of his goal if he can see the ball. 
He's made that save for us before, but he literally can't see the ball until it's hit so it's it, it's hit hard until it's by the side of his head, and by that point, it's too late. When are you going to ask him out? Uh, about a week. Okay, good luck, man. You know someone who knows him. I'll uh, I'll, I'll get it through you. I, I actually do. <laughs> um, uh, we lost the ball so so many times. That Pepe free kick. It, when we're down and we and we like Pepe also did another corner where he couldn't beat the first man and he hit a free kick into the wall. Those frustrate me no end because I'm not I'm not saying we should score. I'm not saying we should win like we need score to score from the corner. The but we you've need to got to something. beat the first man. You've got to get a shot on goal from that place. Come on, mate. Uh, Tini hit the bar and it just kind of felt like it wasn't our day. There was a stat that flashed up that said. Um, We've got one second half goal this season. <laughs> um, and then the Lacazette goal. Um, look, I mean, I can't lie. I celebrated pretty hard. Yeah. But as in, you can celebrate these goals because they are unbelievable moments of passion within a game. Like, I don't think you're not allowed to just because it's a draw or because of whatever. What I think is embarrassing, though, is Arsenal fans in the ground singing, who are you to Crystal Palace? <laughs> Uh, at the end of a 2-2 draw when we've been battered. Like, like what are you doing? Who are you? Who, yeah. who the fuck are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it was, you know, uh, was it balling from Pepe, drops to Ben White, bit of a ricochet. Can we claim it as a Martinelli assist? Can we? No, God, no. <laughs> um, and Lacazette, Lacazette said to stick it in. And, you know, we've been quite negative, And I do want to say, ultimately results define things and we got a point and I'm not saying it's a good point I'm not saying that at all but it is better to draw games than lose them do you know what I mean like and of and, course but Gunnar made a good point in that it's better to have won one of the last two games than to have drawn both I mean that is also true I mean we're just we're just talking about results I mean it was better to win all 38 Premier League games but the well then that's just being facetious if we're talking about the two games in the lo- and, and playing attacking football and trying to win games, it would have been better to have lost against Brighton and won this game, or won against Brighton and lost this game than placidly drawn both. Yeah, because yeah, no, of I, poor setup. I, I do agree. I do agree. I think it. I think it was the setup today. Um, I think the was it the Brighton game that it's was been the setup for a while, mate. You know, even if you look at the results, us we've played forty five minutes of good football this season against the team that didn't have a midfield. You had Endon Bele as a second striker, Deli Ali at right wing, and then Hoiberg running box to box. And as I soon th- as they had a more structured midfield, they took over the game. I think the you know? I think the Brighton game I remember thinking this is individual errors. But yeah, I I, I created I, by a system that was not working. As in, it's the same tonight, mate. It's the same tonight, mate. The individual errors come from the system not working. Like we have to, we have to sometimes see the wood for the trees and go, okay, we're we're seeing this often that our players are put in situations where they're making individual errors and they're playing poorly. These are not poor players. How much of it is because the system they are being being put in doesn't work properly? Yeah, and I guess that's the kind of the million dollar question. Um, that we'll never answer, Brad, because we we've run out of time. Uh, we'll see you after this. News and views. Go back to news and views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, turn on notifications, leave us a review, and you can support us on Patreon, where you get access to episodes of the Instant Reaction, as well as ad-free and filmed versions of the podcast. For just five pounds a month, and for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com where you can buy me a coffee. The links are in the show description. Description. Clintsy M. Clintsy Magnificence. Alba played well. To be fair, people will say his hold-up play was bad, but he had nothing to hold up, and not any chances created for him. I thought he dropped really well. I thought he. I thought he played did, well. Did I was some, loving his desire. Did some good hold-up play. I mean, he does. Is it is it worth criticising his hair? I no. don't like it. Fair enough. Uh, Niall There's Hollywood. There's one tackle that I remember. Uh, I think it's in the left channel 
where he just unfortunately miscontrols it after making a sublime tackle. Like yeah. he's, he's sprinted back, make a brilliant tackle. And then just as he gets up, he doesn't quite know where the ball is and it, and it knocks off of him and goes out of play, which was a shame. Yeah, his, pre- his, pres- well. his pre- he's pressuring a lot more than he used to. He's looking a lot more fit and slightly bigger than he used to as well. Um, at Hollywood underscore Niall, Pepe was no better or worse than most of the side, but will receive a level of criticism far in excess of all the others. He is critiqued mm-hmm. based on fee, not performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a bit. Pepe bit, was Pepe, Pepe was one of our best players on the pitch. We scored two goals because of Nicola Pepe. Don't don't deny it. He should have been better over his time at Arsenal because there are there are flaws in his game that he has not fixed. But again, this is what I mean by system rather than individuals. If you give Nicola Pepe the ball seventy yards from goal, what are you realistically expecting him to do every time he receives it? Yeah, he's he's not really uh, a ball progressor outside the box, particularly. Um, two things to recommend to y'all. Uh, one is I would go and have a listen to, I can't remember what episode of the Arsenal Vision podcast it is, but there's a really good section by Tim Stillman. I think it's on, let me find it. Cause there's no point recommending. You give it a look, see, no. Have a look, my friend. There's no you point have a weird recommending look-see. a podcast that, uh, I can't tell you actually what it is. Uh, I think it's Oct- yes, it's October Mailbag episode five one four, and uh, Brad, if you ever listened to it, it's really really good. Uh, it's Tim Stillman talking about his time um, at Arsenal at London Colney, talking about the new Stat Sports um, integration into Arsenal. So, I mean, go and listen to it. This is just a very brief rundown for context. Um, he talks about uh, the new Stat Sports offering to basically amateur footballers, allowing you to wear you know those sort of bra things that players wear yeah. in um, in training for amateur footballers to be able to get a sort of pared down version of the stats that you would get as a professional footballer so you can compare yourself to um to professional footballers and it's really interesting and talks about like how it can manage age curves how it's managed to pick out certain players how you might be able to use stats and interpret and blah 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 blah. he also talks about um how you know you'd probably be able to get close to in some regard if you're a really good amateur footballer like you might get to close to the sprint speed of a say a Saka or a Smith Rowe, what you will never be able to get close to is the amount of high intensity sprints. And something that I thought was really interesting was since the uh, 1992, when the Premier League was introduced, the game has stayed the same in terms of how much you've run, but the amount of high intensity sprints has doubled, which I think is fascinating. Like, and that shows you, and th- and this is what like I always say, like the game has got quicker. Maybe the game hasn't got well, literally has got quicker because there's more sprints, but I think the game has got tougher in terms of fitness and that proves it. I think that's it's really interesting. But it's a whole it's a whole um bit about him going to London Colney and working with the with the players, um, speaking to Katie McCabe of the Arsenal women's team. It's really, really good. Have a go, go have a listen. Uh after you've finished a different podcast. Thank you. Uh also we should discuss the Wenger film. Mm-hmm. Uh hopefully it'll be a bit more juicy than the book. Uh, yeah. but I mean, it looks. I was expecting some stories in the book that didn't, didn't come. happen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I st- I'm still only about fifty, sixty pages in. I had to just be like, "Fucking hell!" Because it was just like, "Well, I was born in uh, Strasbourg, and my father never said uh, well done to me." Um, but uh, well, I don't think he was born in Strasbourg. I'm trying to shit. But yeah, anyway, the the the, the film looks really good looks really good and i and i i think it's it, and it's got a lot of sort of high praise from people who've seen it i'm really excited for it i think any kind of um uh sort of what's the word there's a word where if something goes into history i'm struggling for words this morning uh of wenger's time is fantastic and i think the big thing was the ferguson thing where he said oh the invincible man united fans have claimed above. that the fucking triple their treble, whatever, is is the hardest to achieve. And then their own manager who did it, just a shat on them. I love it. I love it. If you didn't see it, Ferguson said uh, that the, the invincible achievement stands above the treble, stands above anything else, which is a uh, big call, big call. Right. Uh, the only real bit of sort of controversy this week, because it had been a bit quiet because of International Week, was around old Benjamin White. Um, and around... Uh, this if you didn't see me that, off. He, I think everything pisses you off. <laughs> no, it's in the reaction to it. So the like, so Ben White, if you didn't see it, or Benjamin White, as he wants to be called, uh, is uh, essentially he's asked in an interview. You know, what do you think of Vieira? You know, did you 
did you watch any of Vieira growing up? And I think he was seven when Vieira left Arsenal or something like that. You know, some, it's, it, basically, he wouldn't have been watching football. And he says, no, look, you know, I know I'm aware of it, but I'd never watched Vieira and I'm, I wasn't really sort of conscious of it at the time. And also, um, I uh, I don't really watch football. I basically, I get home and I don't really, you know, I wouldn't stick on a game for kind of enjoyment. I just go, I train, I come home and I want to do other things. And there was a big storm about it and a lot of people got very very angry that ben white wasn't a a big football fan outside of his job which i can understand but not agree with it's stupid okay go on okay i'm gonna uh, every single one of our listeners look at yourselves if you're a welder do you go home and watch welding videos after you're done no i think that's i think that's different i do think no it's because it's because of you know just because you are a fan of something doesn't mean the people that perform the job have to also be fans of that thing. They don't, you know, it is a job. And at the end of the day, Ben White plays more football and is more involved in football than all of us. I can understand why he wouldn't want to come home and watch football in the same way, you know, I've said it before, me and Alex are actors. I don't know if Alex shares this opinion. We train in musical theatre. I don't go and watch a lot of musicals anymore. Yeah, I because <laughs> I've been involved in them for so long and I'm trained in that, that it, it's lost its allure and most of its enjoyment for me. I don't, I don't enjoy it in the same way that I do movies or plays anymore because it's, I'm so used to it. Yeah, I guess I you do it so much. You see you know? it, you see it from behind the curtain. And it literally. Yeah, literally. And I think it's, it's the same with this. Any, any one of you that's listening today. Would you go home and watch what you do as a job for enjoyment? No, because you do it for eight to 10 hours a day. Yeah. And you have to understand the financial capabilities of these players. You know, I saw a a clip pop across my Twitter that was quite funny that where DT basically says that he spent something like 80 grand following Arsenal in the last five years. But that's the same as one week's of Debushi's wage. And it's the truth. Like, they earn so much money, they can do what they want. They're not going to want to be... They're, they're, they're around football all the time. Football governs these guys' lives, right? It governs what they eat. It governs when they sleep. To, to a way more degree than most jobs. You know, they have to be so ridiculously regimented with everything in their lives because of football. It is no wonder that Benjamin White and a lot of other professional footballers are not interested in watching it. Yeah, I think I do agree with largely what you're saying. I do think it's a slight removal of context. I like. I think like football. Like football is a huge thing. Like it's a like you know it's not like there's a billion dollar TV deal of like welding championships. Do you know what I mean? I do think it's slightly different, and I think there's a kind of cultural thing, but ultimately. It is a job to these people. And the the one thing I would say is I think people's concern essentially boils down to, well, how can you improve or learn about the game or be good at football if you don't watch football? Let me tell you, most players in League Two and League One and the Championship and amateur football and your Sunday pub team watch football. Does that make them much better footballers? it doesn't so i think it's a bit it's a bit weird there's also a weird kind of fetishization from arsenal fans around like the invincibles and like how can you say how can you say you didn't watch on and but it's like well did you watch because you weren't old enough zola and fucking hernan crespo for chelsea no you didn't you just weren't there you weren't old enough so i realized there were different eras um but you know, like you, you, you are Maradona and Pele in their pomp. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, and, like, and and I sort of appreciate the honesty from Ben White. And you know, I, I think I think there is definitely a degree of which you know he's doing it all day. He doesn't want to come home and 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 do that. I think, I think I think most footballers you'll find will. And I and I sort of get I sort of get the the um outcry at the at the difference, especially a top level footballer surely would be kind of obsessed with football and you hear of sort of conversations of people who are obsessed with football. But Ronaldo doesn't watch football. Like, you know, and he's, I would say, one of the, probably the best player of all time for me. So look, you know, the, it feels like a very international breaky type, (laughs) type story, do you know what I mean? Which will kind of stick with him. It'll be one of those kind of stories that like, you know, the, um, like the Abamyang 
um not the mask thing like just you know just the sort the, the stories that stick with people that like martin tyler will say in like two years time when he's on the yeah. ball he'll be like and of course benjamin white you know not really a fan of football he said in the past it's like it's one of those like things that just comes out and happens to stick and then everyone discusses and will be a thing uh, but i don't think has any real relevance on anything particularly it literally doesn't matter so let's stop talking about i that. watch football all the time and i can barely kick a ball lads come on you can't. You're a good keeper. You can't finish, but you're a great keeper. Uh, I can't finish. I could do some good distribution though. Yeah, I've got some assists. Oh, it's lovely, lovely. Uh, right, Brad, we just got time for a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Last week, I asked you, listeners, and Bradley, where was Jack Wilshire born? Where was, was Jack Wilshire born? It was not Bournemouth. That's where I was born, Brad. I know. Uh, I thought that might be why you asked this question. It was Stevenage. Oh, fucking Stevenage. Can you what tell I was in a rush last week to find <laughs> to find an Arsenal trivia? <laughs> and the question for next week is, what colour is the training <sighs> top? What colour is the Arsenal training top? This isn't as easy as you think. What colour is the Arsenal training top? I think there's two. But mm. I think I know which one we're talking about. The Arsenal drip has been on point lately. I have to respect it. If we can't win on the pitch, we can win the kit Let's and win the stadium walls. So, uh, and that's what's going to keep us warm at night, isn't it, Brad? Isn't I mean, it, Brad? It's literally, it's literally it? going to keep us warm. So. Hey, screw! Yeet! Yeet! Uh, I caught a vibe! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby, Alex. are you coming for the ride? Go on. Uh, just to end off, how long do you think he's going to last? Uh, just because I don't like being inconsistent. I said last episode, I think he's got... Not how much time would you give him? How how how, how long, long do right I think now oh, right, okay. do you that, actually that think he's going to last? Um... Because I look, listen, I still think that we're going to be late to sack him. I think that... Because this isn't a sackable in the same way that you couldn't really sack... Emery after that 2-2 at Southampton, I think sacking him after this game isn't harsh because I think if you look at the the overarching kind of story of it, you go, okay, well, if he got sacked now, could you really say he hasn't had enough time to really make things better and hasn't done it? You know, he's been there for two years. He's spent over 200 million quid. I don't think there could be any arguments about we haven't backed him enough and he hasn't been given enough time. But... uh I, I still think he's got a couple of games, but I, th- I don't think he's long for this world. Bless him. <laughs> he's not. He's not old. Um, yeah, I'm, I I really don't know, mate. I guess all I can say is I think he's got, as you say, a run of games to prove himself. This is the thing. Like, so, so someone like Tuchel could go through a really bad because he's got he's got the Champions League. He's he's got Chelsea playing really well. He could go through. Actually, maybe Chelsea are bad. Bad example. Pep could go through six, seven, maybe even eight games of a really poor run of form. And everyone will be saying, City are on a bad run of form. Are they going to win the title this season? But there's not going to be like a pep out type agenda, I don't think, from many sections of the fan base. Um, maybe clubs on a similar level, like if I know Dean Smith went through a bad patch, like he's done so well with Villa, I think he's got credit in the bank. I don't think Arteta has that. So I think he's probably got like four or five games always to prove himself in until he gets a proper, proper run together and we get up the table. How long would I give him? I honestly don't know, mate. I, I mean, I, I, what I would say is I think Arteta is moving us towards a better position and something that I, I do agree with you on actually is we have to be ruthless. And that means being ruthless and 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 killing our darlings as as uh, as is the, as goes the phrase. We have to say if a potter becomes available, if a if a top I mean, level manager well, sort of is no but but as in like, you know, if, if a top top level manager is twerking for Arsenal <sighs> I think Arteta may have taken us as far as he can go right now. I mean, how, I ma- how many examples do we have? How many examples do we have of managers coming in, their first professional job, 
being in there for you know ten years and winning the Champions League. Like, it just doesn't happen. So I think we I think we are we are part of the kind of football revolution of Ole of Frank of Arteta, which is where you get in an old player who has credit in the bank with the fans who gets the club to a certain place who gets them through a certain period maybe works with a lot of young players and then you get someone in who's a proper top level manager who's because, an actual manager yeah well I mean and Arteta could become that I mean I mean, he definitely could I, I, I would not be surprised in 10 years if we're sat here and Arteta's won some really major prizes in football with a with a club is it going to be Arsenal I, I don't no. know no Brad it is always a pleasure Always, my friend. It is always. Uh, listen, uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you're having Thanks, a lovely guys. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Covers them all. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate it. Any day that ends in a Y. Yep, definitely. Definitely ends in a Y too. Right, we're, 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 we're waffling. We're, uh, yeah, we're spiraling now. Thanks, <laughs> as always, for listening. Keep it different, Knock, and we will see you later. Peace. Peace, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.